Hello, everyone. Welcome to Healthy Conversations. I am your host, Dr. Lastasia Williams. I hope everyone is having a great day. I'm so excited about today's episode. Today, we're going to be discussing shifting from self-care to mutual care. And I have the honor of having a mentor and a friend on to discuss. And I think that she's just an expert and a guru on this topic. I want to welcome to the podcast today, founder, principal, consultant of Restorative Flow Educational Solutions, Ms. Sharon Bradley. Sharon, how's it going today? Oh, it's going great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. You excited? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I want you to tell uh, the listeners before we get started on this topic, which I'm really excited about because of what's going on in the climate we have today. Just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and about your background. Okay. Well, I'm originally from Mississippi. And after graduating from Mississippi State University, I made Texas my home with my husband and my two girls. Um, I'm currently in my 21st year in education. Started out as a special education teacher and general ed teacher. I taught economics and government, absolutely loved it. And then I received my master's in educational leadership from Prairie View and became a dropout prevention program coordinator, um, alternative high school principal, and um, then a district um, director. So all those positions um, are from the same school district in North Texas and all the positions were centered around, you know, working with students who needed a little extra support in order to be successful. So um, as an educational consultant, I specialize in restorative practices, social emotional learning and truancy prevention. Okay, that's that's awesome. So let's go ahead and and move into the topic today. And I want to first start talking about um, looking at social emotional learning and what it is actually, because I think some people have a misconception of what it is. And so I want you to just kind of talk about what is social emotional learning. Okay, well, um, social emotional learning is a process. It's not a product. It's not a book. It's not. It's not a quick fix. Um, it's a process of developing the necessary knowledge and skills to be able to manage emotions, show empathy for others, um, establish and maintain healthy relationships, and make responsible decisions so our students can be successful in school and in life. So um, back to what you were talking about, those misconceptions. It's not about the warm and fuzzies. It's skill building. And um, as we noticed, and recently, there's been an increase in depression and anxiety amongst our our children. And the pandemic has only magnified the need to deepen the focus of social emotional learning um, so that our students can feel seen and heard and safe and not just physically safe, emotionally and psychologically safe. And so they can feel as if they're not alone. Um, And once we're able to help them build these skills, then they can focus on learning. And so SEL is often seen as kind of like this separate component to academics. But the truth of the matter is, 
SEL is a pathway towards academic achievement. Yeah, and and, and I agree agree with that, and I and I've seen that um, you you see it on social media, or you know you just hear it in different places, and they're saying how the pandemic has you know caused a lot of the issues. But in my opinion, I believe that the pandemic hasn't caused a lot of the depression or suicidal thoughts or, you know, things of that nature. I think Mm -hmm. it just kind of highlighted or it it magnified the issue that was already brewing to, to begin with. How do do you feel about that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you are in, in, in education like us, or if you're a parent, I mean, you, you've already seen the, the effects of 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 life and and not just the pandemic. I mean, the, our kids have been struggling for a while now. Um, whether it's well, social media or whether it's you know uh, social injustice and how that is playing out in the world, it's so many different pieces to the puzzle. And the pandemic didn't create this; it was already there. And but I I feel as if um, the pandemic has, though, if there's any type of silver lining, it has shown the world um, the need for this this work in our schools. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I I believe that wholeheartedly, and I think that there needs to be, you know, people who are knowledgeable and um, who have the experience and expertise in order to get this SEL movement going and not just, you know, move it from theory, so to speak, or a textbook and put it into practice. So mm-hmm. how, when, we're, when we're looking at this, how does adult social, emotional competence and wellness play into, into all of this? Well, I always say um, we as adults, we can't give to our kids what we don't have. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so in recent years, as working as an educational leader in the district and also as a consultant, um, more and more campuses are recognizing the need to support the social emotional health of the adults who work tirelessly to support the whole child. And when I talk with individual teachers and staff members, they say, you know what, this this job is hard. You know, we, we know that, but we want to feel valued. We want to feel connected. We want to feel cared for um, by our leaders. We want our we want to feel that we are not alone. Like, just like we don't want our kids to feel alone. You know, who is there? out there to say, you know, I'm with you, I'm, I'm in this with you. So mm-hmm. no matter the industry or business, it doesn't have to be education, adult SEL can help increase an, um, an adult's ability to cope with the ever-changing demands, um, the ever-increasing responsibilities um, that leave our people feeling overwhelmed anxious, fatigued, and just straight frustrated, you know? So in a nutshell, just like SEL is a pathway for student academic success, um, which is a major goal for schools, adult SEL is the pathway towards productivity, retention. I mean, isn't that the major goal for organizations and businesses? Well, it should be. (laughs) be. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Because when you were talking, it made me, because 
me in my position as a, a school nurse, I find it now with everything that's going on, um, a lot of focus is placed on, you know, teachers and, and just people in whatever organization focusing on self-care um, and self-care. <laughs> I think the confusion comes in. They think, oh, well, I have time to get a pedicure. I have time to, you know, get a facial or I just have to. But it, it, it goes beyond that. And when you when you can't figure that out, it just becomes stressful. So when you mm-hmm. when you in a, a district or you're in an organization where like I am, I'm in healthcare where mm-hmm. it's a shortage, you're like, screw that. I don't have time for any of that. I, so mm-hmm. you, you you feel frustrated, you feel alone, and then consequently you get burned out. There there's yes. burnout because you're having to do so many jobs and you're having to do your job and put it go into a role of someone else so the burnout is real so how how do we you know make that adjustment how do we address the burnout that's that's going on oh man you you said it right there burnout is real and you're right it does not happen um overnight um people are constantly feeling overwhelmed and under supported um Burnout happens when a person's resources are all used up. They have nothing left to give. And unfortunately, there is no coming back from it. Um, They are literally done. And the result of burnout is showing up through the great resignation, which you were saying people are quitting and, and they're not coming into work and, and, a prioritizing the social emotional wellness of the, of our people and our organizations it is is more important now than ever and although you know our specific goals are, are different you know like for instance you know in education we have certain goals and bi- certain businesses have certain goals our collective goal is the same and as leaders that goal is we want happy whole healthy people who trust one another who celebrate the good times, and that, um, and those who push through the tough times together. I love your podcast, Dr. Williams, because you give people permission and you give them the tools to take care of their own well-being. And this is great, but this type of work, what we're in right now, it is not just an inside job. We are mm-hmm. way too deep now. Um, in order to sustain and to um, help our team members present our best selves in the workplace every day, guess what? It's gonna t- it's gonna require more from the workplace. Oh yeah, and then you know you won't have people fighting each other. You know you be like, I didn't know you act like that. Like, girl, it's burnout. No. <laughs> so so when you're looking at how can how can an organization even begin to to you know begin the process of supporting the social emotional needs of their employees and start working towards this mutual care and not and not focusing solely on the self-care well employers must recognize um the demands that our employees face and acknowledge their role in it i believe that influential change starts from the top and it's time for leaders to, you know, start asking themselves the hard reflective questions when creating 
organizational conditions and structural supports that enable adult well-being like how do I show my team members that I care for them as human beings not as just workers mm, you know okay how am I uh, creating opportunities for us to build um, um, and maintain authentic relationships, not those, you know, pseudo relationships like, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. No, how are you really doing? You know, how do we build those authentic relationships? But then also, what am I doing to make sure my employees feel valued and appreciated for their strengths and contributions? Um, do I give them the space to to contribute? You know, mm-hmm. do I elicit um, input and ideas and other ways um, for them to share during the uh, decision making process instead of making decisions for them, making decisions with them? And am I willing? This is a really tough question. One of the toughest questions that I think. Um, organizations need to ask themselves, am I willing to dedicate the resources to make this happen? And those resources, we're talking about funding, time, um, support systems, and so forth. Um, I think that if we don't ask these questions, it's, it's just going to be counterproductive. And um, and I think that we're going to continue to lose really, really good people. Yeah. And you touched on a, a really, really good one. Um, well, all of them were really good. But when we're talking about resources, oh, my gosh. You know, you look, you're looking at um, when, you, when you're going into, let's say, the educational system and teacher shortages or horrible right now and I'm going to be selfish and I'm going to talk about school nurses well when we when we look at it you know funding is put in okay we got to have the teachers we got to have them to you know to 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 teach our students but then we have a nursing shortage that is ridiculous and so the funding is not there to get teachers let alone you know nurses for the students who have chronic illnesses and who will after this pandemic who will need those mental health services because it it should be a collaborative effort between counselors and the the nurses and administration Mm -hmm. and so when you don't have the funding there it 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 hurts the the students so when we're looking at funding how how can an organization address that how you know and I know it's on a state level and so there's probably a a a whole nother podcast that we probably can you know discuss (laughs) but how does an organization get to or begin to address that funding issue well look I'll tell you as a school district director I'll be the first to tell you that it's a challenge to make space time Mm -hmm. and money for this but we I, it, what what bothers me is that we make time and space and, and we find the money for everything else that we deem that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, employee, employees have said from time to time, there is no I in team. But, you know, employers have quickly recognized that there are two I's in resignation because 
Hello. They're, okay. <laughs> they, they're writing their letters of resignation so fast and we have to do something differently. But here's the thing, you know, mutual care, you know, shifting that narrative from self-care um, to creating a culture of mutual care. It's, it's all about taking care of one another. And yes, we want to continue to share different tips and strategies and coping mechanisms so that our people can take care of themselves. But um, as a principal, you know, especially when we work together, we always took care of each other. I mean, yes. it was like a family. There are going to be some days where I'm going to have some good days and you're going to have some not so good days. But mm -hmm. we we take care of one another and we pick up the slack. We stand in the gap. And for certain principles or certain organizations, it's good because guess what? That's just what they do like for, for classrooms and teachers. Teachers, they were focusing on social emotional learning before it was even a thing. They were just mm -hmm. doing what was best for kids. Same thing with adult SEL and wellness. You have some wonderful um, leaders out there and CEOs and that out there that are just, they just have this wonderful community that they have created in their spaces. But the reason why I believe that mutual care is so important is because we want to do something systems level. It's not fair for some kids to get SEL mm -hmm. and support and some not saying, saying because it's not okay for some adults to get that support and some adults to not get that level of support. So we right. want it to be consistent across the board so that we can grow and get through this pandemic and any other tough situation, you know, together. And, and, and I don't want, you know, organizations or institutions to make, you know, uh, SEL for adults or, or students or whoever it is as a, as this textbook type one size fits mm -hmm. all because I see that SEL looks totally different for students or individuals who are, you know, black or brown. And so there needs to be this kind of shift in that thinking as well. You know, we're yes. shifting from self-care to mutual care, but we also need to look at how does it look for certain individuals? It's mm -hmm. not going to look the same for everyone. So you can't come in and automatically expect everybody to, okay, I'm going to share my feelings and tell you what, yeah. you know, it, it just, not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But ha ha have you seen a, a difference or, you know, uh, anything like that for different individuals, people of color? Um, have, have you seen that? Hey, you know what? Like I said, that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> and, I look. Well, look. I, I, have I we'll have to I, do I, another one. Invite me back. <laughs> <laughs> I think this. I think that's too much right now for the <laughs> listeners because, you know, um, I'm about to make this shift from you know consultant Bradley to Dr. Williams to <laughs> us being two good girlfriends that are truly working to um, focus on more equitable systems, but at, at the same time you know, creating a culture of care is universal. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, no matter what your culture, no matter what, you know, if a, if a child or even an adult knows that you genuinely care, that mm-hmm. you're not trying to force your values on anyone, that you're not trying to move a person faster than they are ready. Because remember I said with SEO, it's a process. The, the more you dive into the word, the more you connect with others. and It, it all takes time. But and it goes back to that when you were talking about the being authentic mm-hmm. and 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 getting genuine relationships because in order for you t- for me as you know as a student or an adult a teacher whoever to know that you genuinely care about me to feel like it anyway and this mm-hmm. is just my own personal opinion as uh <laughs> as Dr. Williams is that you immerse yourself into my culture you mm-hmm. you become you you try to understand what it is about me so we can get this mm-hmm. you know universal feeling of caring where I'm I'm not sitting in the classroom or in a boardroom and feel like you only care about certain people and like you mm-hmm. said it it's supposed to be for everybody and not mm-hmm. just you know one set of people so I believe that like you said that's a whole different podcast yeah and my listeners have heard you 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 will be back on so (laughs) so we can discuss that because i think that's really 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 important especially in this time it is and i want to say this before we hop off in in the beginning when i began to study social emotional learning gosh bob had to be about 10 12 years ago Mm -hmm. sel was uh, being used in a way where it was only to work with the kids who struggle mm. or the kids who were quote unquote misbehaving. But SEL is for all students, it's for all adults. Right. And, and that, Dr. Williams, is, is how we began to build these healthy, promoting um, environments and systems. Through our actions, that's how we build trust. Through our actions, that's how we support well-being. Through our actions, that is how we increase productivity. Because like you said, when I know that a person genuinely cares for me, I'll work harder for them. Yes. And you will. I'll tell you, guys, I, I worked for uh, Ms. Bradley for a number of years. I, I, can't, I can't remember. But like she said, we we had fun going to work. We had good times going into work because everybody felt like we were a family. And mm-hmm. we had times where we just sat and we would we would eat lunch together. It was mm-hmm. those times where we had time to sit and eat lunch together and people would ask, How are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, what's 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 going on? And it and it had nothing to do with like in your classroom or you know, in your office or whatever. It was general what what do you have going on in your life? What what's you know, so it felt good and you knew that people actually cared about you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I really I miss you. <laughs> the job was hard. Please. Oh, you know. oh man. Man, <laughs> we we had listen, when you are in a a building with uh alternative students, every day is an adventure. I will just say that. <laughs> every day is an adventure. It was really, really hard at times, but we had fun doing mm-hmm. it. Together. Because kids knew it. Yes. And that, that's the key. We all did it together. Everybody worked as a team. 
if 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 Sharon left the building, she could trust anybody in that building mm-hmm. to make sure that it, it, it wasn't burnt down when she got back. <laughs> <laughs> or we weren't on the news. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> be on oh, 4, 5, 8, and 11. But no, I want to thank you for coming on today. I will have you back on because there's so many different topics that we really, really, really need to discuss that I think my listeners will benefit from. And so I want you to let my my listeners know how they can reach you if they want to get your services or learn more about about what you do. How can they reach you? Okay, I can be reached through uh, Restorative Flow Educational Solutions. Um, my email is restorativeflowflo at gmail.com. My Twitter is at um, S Bradley on fire and LinkedIn, Sharon D. Bradley. So, Dr. Williams, this was so much fun. We must do this again. Yes, we have to do it again. I want to thank everyone for listening today. Uh, you heard how you can reach uh, Miss Bradley. You, As always, you can reach me at Lastasia W on all platforms or email LastasiaW at gmail.com. Until next time, have a great and productive day.